Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha and uh, Marsha Kisper Cook, and we have uh, a great show today. And it's uh, children's authors talking about uh, different subjects, but we are definitely going to be talking about COVID. Um, I'm still after a year, we're still talking about it, and I, we don't know how much longer we'll be talking about it, but it seems like a long time. So, uh, but we have all these authors on that are uh, they. Everybody has a message in their book. So I think that's a good thing because they're not heavy messages, but they're, you know, we don't want to do too heavy of a message for kids, but a lot of the messages come across in different ways and funny or, you know, and things like, because I know Rich Linville, he has a hundred books. So we'll have to talk, we're going to talk to him. So he's got books of every so every kind. So uh, he's one of the guests today. And we also have Vincent Kelly here, and we have John and Sharon Lee. And um, I'm going to let Vincent come on first because I think um, every, Magic Bean had been on, um, Liette Reglin has been on the show many, many times, and they had a contest, and Vincent Kelly won a prize for his cover. So hi, Vincent. It's exciting. Hi, Marsha. How you doing? It. it was very exciting. I was I was watching that that time that night that they did the contest, and uh, they're doing another I was one. So surprised. I, there was a lot of people that they you know there were a lot of different people that had you know that entered the contest. So, tell us how you met. You know how how did you start this? Because you're relatively new at this, and so you're doing really well. And I don't want to forget one thing because you have your book in languages that you different languages. So, fill us in a little bit about that. So sure, maybe I'll just start by giving just a little background. Um, yeah. I am a, an HR professional by day, but um, turned author maybe about three years ago. So I just got inspired um, one one night sitting in the living room um, with my wife and kids, wrote my first book, um, released last year in the midst of the pandemic. It's called The Awesome Things I Love. Um, it's won a couple of awards, um, but then most recently I – um, actually, on the 2nd of April, I released my second book, and it's called All People Are Beautiful. Yes, that's um, a, I know. I, I, the cover, it's on the show page, too, with the other ones, yes. Yep, and I ended up um, meeting Soul and, and uh, Layat, and they said, well, why don't you submit for our contest? And I said, really? I said, okay. So I submitted for the contest. There were like uh, 160 entries. Yep. Yep. And and my my cover was one of two that were selected as winners, and I was completely floored. Um, 
it really caught me by surprise. I know. Well, well, you know, right, right, because you know there there are there were a lot of people in the contest, and they did have beautiful covers. So it's you know, and that's yes. that's exciting when there's you know because they really you know they started this, their whole Liette will be on you know. Um, EYS is the magazine that I write for for Australia. So Liette is featured. So um, this should be. It's not out yet, but I'll put as soon as it's out. It's an Australian magazine and it's online also. So yeah, and she is tremendous. I mean, I, I can't even say enough because she actually has helped so many authors, and we all we yeah. all know her. So right, and so which is a good thing. And Sal has been on a show also because at the beginning of COVID he was off; he wasn't working, so he was also on the show. And they're really and they and that was such a cute the way they did the contest. You know, they were, and it was the first one, but they're going to have another one. So I think it's really exciting that um, that you won. And so before I'm going to let the others talk, but what contests have you entered so far? I mean, I've never been big on contests, but actually I think it's not a bad idea for people. So what other contests have you put yourself, you know, in? Sure. So with my first book, I, I entered the American Fiction Awards, um, and we ended up winning um, the Hardcover Fiction Award um, oh. for the Children's Interest category. Um, and then the second award I won was the Pinnacle Book Achievement Award, um, also in the Children's Interest category. Um, and then, of course, I entered the Indie you know, Children's Book Cover Award, and I've submitted for a couple more um, this year, and I'm actually waiting on finding out if if I land a winning spot. So I'm, my fingers are crossed, <laughs> but we'll see what happens with that. Well, see, that's a good thing for indie writers to know. I'm right, you know, and that's one of the things, because um, the indie writers are moving along just really well these days, you know, and there's more and more. So all right, so let's see. All right, well, I think uh, Lynn. Uh, well, I think Rich. Why, why don't you just say who you are, and then we're going to talk to um, our little duo here, <laughs> Sharon and John. Okay, Rich, you've been on a lot of times. So tell everybody Rich about Lynn. all your books that you've written, and that's a lot. Yeah, Rich Linville uh, retired after enjoying 48 years of teaching. Retired in 2016. Sitting around the house, my wife says, you're bored. Um, why don't you call your grandkids and start writing some books? I said, honey, I can't write a book. She said, you've been telling stories for 48 years in your classroom. Why don't you start writing? So I called my granddaughter. She wanted unicorns. My grandson, he wanted Greek myths and um, uh, fables. So I started writing those in my own words. And then since I, since then, it's it's almost as much fun as the classroom um, in terms of my grandchildren and, and I go to schools and I ask kids what kind of books they like and, and I do storytelling with children at school um, and I love doing my pet rattlesnake with the kids, the interactive story. So I have a and you have stories on every subject, you really do. I mean, yeah, I, I, I try to cover every subject. You've got a story. Yeah, I, I, I have one called What is a Virus for Kids? It's yes. both an audio book, a hardcover or a paperback. Or um, it's free on Kindle Unlimited. All my books are free on Kindle Unlimited. So if, uh, if parents want to check that out, um, I just enjoy talking to children and seeing what kind of books they are interested in. I just finished one. My granddaughter is um, now in high school, and she 
is enjoying um, U.S. history. And so I've written um, books on U.S. history, 1950 to 1959, 1960 to 1969, illustrated books for children for a preview or for a quick review. I've written them on um, the Cold War and World War II. And then I have questions at the end that said, what have we learned from World War II or what have we learned from the 60s or from the 50s? And I have interactive questions and, and these are possible answers, but there are other answers for the students to think about. And uh, I, I just enjoy have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of books that you've written, so that's a good thing. All right, so, all right, so let's uh, talk to John and share it. So, hi, I know that you've been doing a lot since we even spoke on the phone. Um, it seemed like it's actually a few months ago already. So tell everybody about your project and the projects. Uh, I know you're coming up with new ones. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll jump in first. So. Okay. We're also a bit of a, 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 a fly-by-night uh, operation. Um, uh, by day, I, <laughs> I run a, our work in uh, data reporting. And uh, a few years back, Shireen and I got connected with the creator for Joy Sunbear, uh, Blanca Carranza. And her mission is to just share the world with children. Um, she was a preschool um, uh, operator, for, I'm sorry, a daycare operator for many, many years, and she herself was a globetrotter, and she loved to share her love of the world with the kids that she took care of. She did this through sharing art, music, and food, language, all sorts of stuff. And when before she retired from that job, she wanted a, a way of continuing to um, share the world with joy, you know, help kids see the world with joy was what, what she said. Yeah. So she created a character, Joy Sunbear. And uh, when when Shreen and I got involved, um, we kind of we began the project uh, actually by creating an educational website. So Joy would travel the world, and we we'd write a blog from his perspective of he you know he'd visit new countries, talk to kids about you know their culture, their art, their music, their food, special sites, their language. And there was always little crafts and recipes and projects for kids to do. And um, we've even been used, uh, our, our website was used as part of the curriculum um, in a school in Australia, which was, was very humbling and motivating for us as a team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of late nights writing, doing the research on those blogs. Lots of them, yeah. And then we, we got to the point where we really wanted to tell Joy's magical adventure story. So we wrote, um, Blanca and I wrote and, illustrated, and I illustrated the uh, Blue Amber of Sumatra, which is the first book in the Adventures of Joyce Sunbear, uh, what's going to be a series. I'm working on book two now. And uh, we had started on book two early in 2020, uh, but then when the pandemic hit, things kind of shifted. My day job got more busy. The book slowed down. And then about halfway through, um, Shreen had this great idea to create a, a workbook to help kids, you know, process all the emotions they're dealing with uh, during COVID because we saw it in our own daughter, the challenges she was facing, the challenges her classmates were facing. And, you know, we ran this by Blanca and everybody just uh, kind of with open arms welcomed this concept into the Joy Sunbear world. And the characters that were so beloved from our first book were a perfect um, vehicle to, to, to create this workbook. Yeah, it's really funny because the, 
or, you know, not funny, haha, but, you know, last yeah. year was unpredictable and unprecedented. And, you know, yeah. everyone's life changed around the world. I mean, I don't remember a time where the whole world, every person was literally affected by something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, and it's, and it's hit us all at different levels, you know, so many various levels and everyone's handling it differently. And for me personally, you know, I've dealt with, you know, PTSD and OCD and anxiety on my own, my own mental health journey. So, you know, I was dealing with my own anxiety, dealing with, you know, this unknown factor and what's coming up and what's going to happen. And, and mostly as a parent, you know, wanting to be there for my da- our daughter and to be able to answer those questions and give her that comfort. And unfortunately, as we all know, we, did, we still don't have a whole lot of answers with what's going on. So, yeah, um, this, this I think that's really yeah. Great. I think that that's one of the things right now. I mean, you know, uh, the adults are getting vaccinated, but then there's all those children. So, you know, and yeah. the the book that you have, you know, you worked on it with your daughter also. So that you know, yes. you know, I mean, and you're firsthand with a child and all the anxiety that they feel. You know, yeah, that, and this, you know, yeah, that's a problem for yeah. so many. Yeah, and you know, kids they they don't know how to self regulate their emotions. Their emotions are so strong. They're young. They don't have the life experience we have to look back on and say, Oh, well I've been through, you know, this this losing my job or, you know, this horrible thing. I can yeah. get through this too. Um, and they need that coaching, just like they have to learn manners and how to respect people and boundaries and all that stuff. They have to learn how to understand and be aware of and self-regulate their emotions and the only way they really learn that is for us to be present with them and to respect and really teach them and show through example and so when our daughter started you know coming to us and crying and saying I'm, I'm sad I don't know why and she wasn't able to talk to her friends and go to school and her whole life was uprooted and just completely thrown in chaos you know we knew that we had to just be there for her, be that space where we could honor her experience and let her express herself, let her be angry, let her be, you know, scream into a pillow if she needs to, let her be sad, let her cry, don't judge her. And so really it's about honoring the, you know, everybody really, but the children and really being that um, coach and that guide for them. And that's what our book does. Now, Vincent, you have small children, right? You have small ones. I do. They are five and three. So Aww. how is that going? So every day, how, how is that every, going for you? So two boys. Um, every day is interestingly eventful and in the best way. <laughs> 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 but no, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. They're they're a joy. Um, and it's interesting. It's not until you have kids that you truly see mirrors of yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> I know. But no, it's, yeah. great. it's great. Yeah, because the parents, are, you know, like my mother used to say that my son was like me, and I would say, oh, no, no, no. And then I, then you start seeing things, you know. They go, oh, yeah, maybe she was right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because, right, we don't always see it, but I think that that's what happens, you know. We, you know, and the good and the bad. But, you know, but now people, you know, the parents are home a lot more. And it, it's, you know, I think, like, I can – like from the beginning of last year, I was mentioning to Rich before, it was so dark. I mean, every conversation, we were it was just 
went back to the same darkness, even for for the adults. You know, nobody was working. They couldn't go to book signings. They couldn't go any. I mean, you couldn't do anything. You can't go to the library. You couldn't do anything. And I think we've come so far right now. And I think that that's really incredible because looking back now, thinking yeah. like, oh, are we ever going to see any light of day? So I think they're, you know, yeah. I don't know about, I mean, you're in California and then you're in Nashville, right? And you're in California too, Rich, yeah. right? You know, so what's happening with the kids there? We'll start with, you know, Al. all right, so John, how about your kids? What I mean, with your daughter, what's happening with the schools? So in the pocket of California where we're at, we're actually in kind of a small town that has its own uh, school district, but they um, they gave them earlier in the year an option of going hybrid. Um, But our daughter, you know, through this process, she she talked to us a lot about, you know, what it meant to, to, to try to stay safe and um she, we're lucky she's a very intelligent kid and makes parenting her very simple sometimes um and you know she she look at some of the things people would do and say that's not safe you know they really shouldn't be doing yeah. that and yeah. so when the option yeah. to go back to school a couple of days a week she we talked about it and she's like no I'd, I'd rather just be safe for a little bit longer and yeah. so we gave we, we you know let her work from uh you know continue school from home and I, i've been working from home well before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit and I became 100% from home, um, not too much changed. And she'd already seen an example of what it was like to have to do something like work or school from home all the time. So I feel like for her, you know, the actual technical process of doing schoolwork remotely wasn't so hard. I think it was the change in culture for her and the social and the social. Because, um, we had like we live in an apartment complex, and we, you know, especially in the beginning where we still were all trying to figure out how serious this is. Mm-hmm. There was I a know. lot of yeah. we're playing out. You know, a lot of kids still playing outside with each other, and she'd look out the window and be like, "I want to go play with them. Like, why are they playing? They're not being safe. I don't understand." And that was hard yeah. because. You know, of course, like your heart breaks. You want your daughter to go play, and but you, you're just like, we don't know how bad this is. Sorry, we got to be safe. And so that was really challenging. And, and, and after a while, when she saw how serious it was, and we talked about people we knew getting sick, and unfortunately, a lot of people dying, it clicked for her. And, you know, she's in fifth grade, yeah. so she's at a point where we could talk to her about those things. And she's like, okay. So then she stopped saying, like, oh, I want to go play outside, and we saw less and less kids, you know, <laughs> but... You know, even when we're talking about this, you know, it's almost like it, how could this even happen? Like, Rich, I mean, your grandchildren, like, are you in the same city with them or? Uh, no, they're they're in Southern California. My wife and I are in Central California, but we talk with them all the time on uh, FaceTime. And um, I ask them about school and about um, things that they do and about sports and activities. And so what's what's great is my wife and son or his wife my son and his wife take turns staying at home because they're able to do that with their jobs and um they the they're always doing their they're doing most of their work hybrid so parts at home and parts at school wearing masks yeah. and face shields and desks that are far apart and um nobody uh, uh, touching or hugging and I, I, I asked them if they miss it, and they said yes. They they miss yeah. the, the hugging and they miss the, the 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 playing, but 
but still they're able to to do some activities. Yeah, because like Vincent, your kids are little. So do are they? How do do they? Well, the little one. They see the, the I when I watch the little ones, they just put the mask on and they just kind of go about it like you know, that's what they do. They put on their shoes. They put on a yeah. mask. So is that how it is there for your kids or? It, it, it is, and I, th- I think, yeah, so I, I kind of echo, uh, you know, what John was saying, where the biggest thing was, you know, really just the change in culture and just the, the social impact to, to the kids, right? Yeah. And so for my boys, you know, five and three, they're actually just being introduced to this school thing and really what that's right. like, right? And so um, to have that come almost to a, well, not even almost, to like a halt. Right, and they're they're meeting friends, and then now they have to kind of stop, and then now they can go back to school. Oh, but if you go back to school now, you've got to wear this thing around um, that goes around your face. Yeah. Right. And they're five and three. Nobody wants to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, and they also don't understand. Um, and then yeah. try to get you know tr- try to get you know ten kids to keep masks on for six hours out of a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's hard. Look, at, I think it's really hard. I worked for a pediatrician for years, and I can't, you know, and I, every time I just see this, you know, looking at kids, I'm thinking, I, I just can't even imagine, you know, even, you know, going to the grocery, going to the doctor, all these, you know, things that everybody just did is more of an effort, you know. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. people are saying, like, well, who cares, you know, and it's like, you know, because sometimes it's a, it is a big effort to do a lot of the things. I think it's better now with the vaccines, but they don't have anything for the kids. And But the teachers, I, I know in Chicago, they're getting vaccinated, so that's a good thing. But we have a lot well, of cases you know in Chicago. You know what, Marcia, the other thing that I'll add, and so because they figured that the kids wouldn't want to wear the masks for that long out of a day, so they yeah. they had the parents buy, like, the face shields. Right, because those were yeah. cooler to wear to the kids. Do they like <laughs> so that? So they actually kept those on. They do like those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't like masks. I, I, I wear them, but I do not like them either. I find them so confining, you know, because, you know, I'm a person that likes to talk a lot, and I find that, you know, sometimes it's, you know, they can't, a lot of times if people are, you know, even if you're getting groceries or something, they can't even hear, you know, and they don't even want to talk. Nobody, you know, everybody's like, okay, fine, you know. And it's so, you know, for a friendly world, you know, we need to get back to where people, you know, are talking to each other again, you know, and mm-hmm. going to work is going to be difficult. Yeah, and being like, all right, in your book, uh, Vincent, I talk a little bit about what your message is because it, it seems the adults need your message a lot these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so um, again, my book is called All People Are Beautiful. Um, and, and so this is a, maybe a synopsis is that it celebrates the beauty of our differences. I believe um, at the core of who I am that all people are beautiful, all cultures are all languages. Yeah. And then also celebrating our differences is beautiful. Um, yeah. uh, I, the book came out uh, while I had the inspiration for the book last year. Um, there were so many things that happened last year um, that had the hints of diversity. Um, yeah. Where we had yeah. the the first African American, Asian American, and woman elected to the second highest seat in the land. 
Like that yeah. that's really cool. It, it, it's yeah. groundbreaking. It's history making. Um, oh, but then on the flip side, there were, you know, we had protests here in the U.S. that I know yeah. um, that sparked response from the entire globe, yeah. right? And so you got you. I got to see people from all over come together and, and stand and stand in unity. And and I thought yeah. that was beautiful. Um, it is. And I, it I said, it certainly know, is. Yeah, and I said, you know, how can I weigh in on this conversation? Who can I talk to? And I said, well, why not talk to tomorrow's future, our future leaders, yeah. our future politicians, exactly. our, our yeah. lawmakers, yeah. our presidents, yeah. and our children? And so, and it was strategic in that, you know, if kids like the book, right, that means it's for early readers. Adults will have to um, read the books with their kids, yeah. which means it's going to be a conversation starter. Yeah. And that was the premise behind the book, and it's been just that. Yeah. I mean, that that's true. I mean, and that is true because the adults are reading the book. But, I, you know, I mean, that's yes, right. we have had, had such a trying year, I mean, on so many levels, you know. And, yeah. you know, it's very tiring. People are very tired now, you know, um, yeah. mentally. So, you know, I think that, you know, that's that's one of the problems that, that even if it's not, you know, post-traumatic, it's it's people are having a very difficult time now adjusting to our the life now. I mean, because it's you know, and there's a lot of negativity, but we need to have more positivity because we have to realize. I mean, even thinking about all the doctors and the nurses and all the people that were at the front lines of this. You know how hard it is for them to go back into the world now. If you know when things are better, I mean they've fought a battle, and it's hard to imagine what will happen with people now and how they'll feel about things. You know, Shereen, um, what about you? How do you feel about you? I mean, you. We talked about that a lot when we had our phone conversation. So, what what is your advice for parents? I mean, this is going to be a difficult time for kids right now to adjust yeah and the thing is is that like you said marcia like the reason why it was so dark especially in the beginning is we were all mourning the loss of the life we had and so um you know we can't go back there's there's no way that we can go back and i think that the first thing is to accept that you know to really just say okay and to be honest with our children you know and to, of course, say it in a way that's kid-friendly and that they'll understand, no doom and gloom, but to really just be come from a place of love and acceptance and showing them resilience, you know, showing them that we can move on together as a family, as a society, um, and we can make better of this situation. We can heal from this. And so, yeah. you know, with our workbook, we really encourage parents to really use it as a family unit uh, because really... It was made as a family project together with our love and our, you know, our challenges and struggles came through. And it's like out of a dark time, I'm so grateful that our family could create something so positive and encouraging. And we hope that that's what it's going to do. It's going to help other families come together so they can go through and do the exercises together because really it includes so many tools that they're not just for COVID. You know, there's mindfulness, there's yoga, there's Qigong, there's, there's reframing your thoughts. There's different things that, you know, yeah. we can use every day and no matter what age we're at. And so it's really coming together as a family 
and taking that time to be accepting of the situation, being there for each other, knowing that we're not alone, that we have each other to get through this, and to really create that communication and building that trust in an emotionally healthy environment that we're going to need that extra, you know, trusting foundation to get through this new stage of life, you know, this new adaptation of what our life's going to be. And, um, and yeah, it's not going to be easy, but honestly, we have to start at home, right? We all got to start within ourselves and then in our, you know, four walls that we have. And then from there, the ripple effect. You know, I think, um, I think one of the things you said earlier about, about you know, everybody's tired um, yeah. really leads into uh, one of the messages in, in our workbook is a message of wholeness. It's like right up there near the beginning. We spend so much time growing up being told things like, if you know, if we're scared, we're told don't worry. If we're sad, people say be happy. If we're mad, people say don't be, don't be upset, get over it, you know. And, but when we're happy, people are, are okay with us. They spend more time with us. So as, as kids, we grow to learn to please other people and to suppress those emotions that we think of as negative, right? But those emotions yeah. are negative. Those are reflections of our experience. And it's so important to honor those emotions and accept that they're, they're, they're happening so that we can learn from them, learn what they're teaching us. It, you know, scared is trying to teach us to be safe. Sad is trying to teach us to appreciate what we have, right? And a lot of times... Parents especially, when we're short on bandwidth, we get really hard on our children and tell them these things. We tell them to get over their problems. We tell them to just, you know, be happy, just look on the bright side. And we forget that 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 becomes their inner voice growing up, right? And and their experience is so much different through this pandemic than ours. A a, a 10-year-old in 2020, that was the tenth of their life. That was 10% of their life, and it's a big deal for them. And so, like Shereen said, we have to build that emotional awareness as a family, and we have to honor the experience of everybody and honor everyone's different perspectives and how they're experiencing it and and really respect the fact that our kids are going through that and be there for them, with them, um, and not try to pretend like, oh, everything's supposed to be perfect because that just leads to further self-judgment. Yeah, and, I think and, I think now I think really, right. That's a message that right. So, I, does, I, do any of you have questions for each other? Feel free to ask. You know, I, I you actually want. have something for Rick real quick. I, I just wanted sure. to say, um, I, I you mentioned calling your kid, uh, your grandkids, and asking them questions. And man, I want to tell you, I don't think you, maybe you do, but I hope you understand just how important that is. Um, I've seen grandparents who take a very cursory um, approach to being a grandparent. They, they, they treat their grandkids like, um, like their parent, like their parents treat them sometimes as, as, as objects or tools in their life. And for you to, you know, take the time to call them and, and ask them proactively questions is so super important because it helps build that relationship. It shows that kid that you you are as invested in the relationship as they want, they are, and it I, I really wish more parents and more grandparents would put forth that much energy, and, and so so good on you, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thank you. When when we talk on the phone, uh, we always end with love, hugs, and kisses. Yeah. Because it, it, even though it's virtual, 
and we can't be there as much as we want to be and as much as we would love to be, it's still love, hugs, and kisses. Aww. Yeah, I think that's, that's really true. important what you said about grandparents. You know, that is true. You know, in, in in most of my books, I refer to, I always have grandparents in them or whatever, even the adult books, you know, because family is so important to me my whole life. So I think that a lot of times, like right now, from what I've heard from a lot of people on the shows and my friends, there's, you know, they are having time for their parents, their grandparents, where they didn't have time before. But now people have time, so to make good use of it is to talk to them. You know, just just even to say, hi, how are you? How are things going? How is school going? Because it's not going great for kids. I mean, and I think that, you know, Rich, I mean, you were a teacher for all those years. I'm sure that you are imagining what I, I, you probably can't even imagine because how it would have been teaching. I mean, you know, so much has been lost this year. I've had many people on the show saying if their kids are really smart, their kids, it's great. But if they're not, they're having a hard time, you know. And so how do you feel, Rich? I mean, over the years, after all those years of teaching, what would your advice be to parents? Because they're going to need a lot of advice. Besides the love hugs, yeah, besides the yeah. love hugs and kisses, be yeah. supportive and, and be a yeah. model and say a model of, of, uh, of mistakes. You, you can do things wrong and say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I messed up. And um, yeah. even as a teacher in the classroom or as a parent, I would do things wrong on purpose just to show my <laughs> children and show my students an apology. Yeah. I, I would say, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I made a mistake, or oh, I messed up. Or, and, and I would, in my classroom, I had two posters, and one poster would say, um, a day without laughter is a day wasted. So we'd always tell jokes and, and moan and groan and, and then get back to work. And the other poster would say, Murphy's Law, if anything will go wrong, it will go wrong. Just laugh at yourself and, and learn. And, right. and life is, every day is full of Murphy's Law, that things go wrong and, and uh, you do the best you can and you learn from it and, and you move on. But, you know, it, it, it's okay. I had a, a boy who was crying and another student was making fun of him. And I said, excuse me, there's nothing wrong with a boy crying. I cry. Right. Other boys yeah. cry. You don't make yeah. fun of somebody when they cry. They have a reason for crying. Yeah. You owe them an apology. And and they would apologize. And then I would say to the person, do you accept their apology or do you think they were sincere or do you think they really meant it? And they would go, I accept it. And I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that you accept it, but I'm not sure they were sincere, but let's, we'll find out later on how they act and how they behave. And, if yeah. they tease you again, you tease them back or you let me know or you let somebody, an adult that you can trust or you talk to your friends. But, you know, when I would have um, the first day of class, of oh, every day I learned in the first day of school is to talk about bullying. And I would say to the class, you know, your whole life you're going to be dealing with bullies. And it's a sad situation that there are bullies in the world and yeah. they're there for many different reasons. But what can you do about them? And I've had kids say, I can't do anything. I said, yes, you can. Don't be a, a, a target. You can do something. I don't use the word victim because victim acts like you can't do anything. Target acts yeah. like you can do something. You can fight back. You can find an, an adult that you trust. You can find friends that you trust to deal with the situation. 
you can practice in front of a mirror um, having uh, self-confidence. And I tell them the story of, of uh, Grand Central Park. They made a video of people walking through Grand Central Park, and they showed it to um, prisoners in prison who were known to be muggers. And they asked the muggers, okay, who would you mug and who would you not mug? And as they showed the movies to the people, they, uh, to the prisoners, they would say, I would mug that person, but not that person. I wouldn't mug that person. And then I would say to the class, what do you think was the difference? And the kids would say different answers, or they'd say, I don't know, or whatever they thought it was. And then I would model for them. I said, I'm walking through, pretend I'm walking through Grand Central Park, and I'd have my head down, looking left and right in a scared way, in a furtive way, and my shoulders hunched forward. And I'd say, do you think a mugger would mug me? And they'd go, yeah. And then I'd walk confident with my head held high and looking forward and with my shoulders up and not and, and being very serious about walking. I said, do you think they would mug me? And they go, no. And I said, how you act and how you portray yourself makes a difference. And if you're not sure how to do it, talk with your parents, talk with friends, talk with teachers, and practice in front of a mirror that you have confidence that you are a person and that you have rights and that you have nobody has the right to bully you. Nobody. And yep. that's why I wrote that's why I wrote the book. One of my first books was What is a bully and what can you do about them? Because I've had teachers and parents say, I wish I'd had this book when I was younger or I wish I'd yeah. had this book sooner because it's the kind of thing that that parents and teachers need to deal with in this ever changing world. Yeah. yeah I I I feel like with bullying, a lot of times we forget that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. You know, one of the That's things right. I told my daughter yeah. was how lost, because she was running into some issue with some kids acting out, saying some things, you know, and I said, how lost do you think that person is that they think that's their best response right now to how they're feeling? Yeah. That yeah. How, 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 how damaged, how hurting is that person that they think bullying and acting out and, call, you know, calling names and saying these mean things is the best way to deal with what they're feeling. And a lot of times they're mimicking what's at home. If a parent yeah. or older sibling is, is treating them that way, then Well, that that's is what really they... important how parents act. And, you know, some parents, mm-hmm. as we know, you know, they really, you know, they don't realize that their children, they, they, they can hear them, you know. And when kids, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, they're not always, you think they're not listening, but they are listening. You know, a lot of times they'll be pretending to be like watching TV or, you know, on their iPad or something, and they're listening, you know, and so mm-hmm. parents should be aware of that. You know, Vincent, so you're starting out with, you know, you won an award and you have a couple of things going that are really excellent. You've got the books and languages. How are you marketing? Because this is, I mean, it's all well and good that everybody has books out, but the problem is it's getting it out to the right people. So what what are you doing these days for marketing? So I'm doing it's a the lot. the hardest part um, of it all, which is hard. It's a lot. Um, so <laughs> yeah. one of the things I did um, is I did a video. I did a video, and and I kind of – It's so the market, cute. That is a cute video. Before. That's really cute video. Oh, did you it's see short, it? But it's very colorful. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Yeah, so I did, I did a video um, after the book came out just to kind of introduce it. I shared it to all of the groups that I'm a part of on Facebook – on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and of course, all those different platforms. 
I have different networks, right? And and some of them are people that are around the world. Um, and every time they like, every time they share a video, it gives me access to their networks, right? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that I've done. Of course, I've submitted for some awards, um, you know, and with the awards, every time you win an award, um, they tend to send out a press release, right? Yeah. So that, that's even more exposure. So I've done that. Um, I also hired a book marketing company uh-huh. to help me with a, a targeted campaign. So we have like a list of like 60 targets that we are um, reaching out to and pitching the book to. I'm hoping to build some partnerships to get some reviews. Um, of course, you have good Goodread. There is um, NetGalley. The reviews are hard. Uh-huh. The reviews are very hard. There is, you know, there's um there is a site. They actually had changed their name now, but there is. A, it's, it's K. It's now. It's called KBookReview.net. I think it is right now, and you can you you do have to pay for the. See, this is the thing. People, you know, last week we were talking about something on the show. Everybody says, "Oh, you don't want to pay for marketing," but the trouble is, you have to pay these days because it's very hard to get things done if you don't pay. You know, years ago, yeah. people would be able to share, and I think Facebook is fooling around with people now in a bad way. Not the pe- the people that are just out there doing books. I don't know why they're putting them in, you know, jail or they're coming up with, uh, you can't do this, you can't do that, and really nobody's really doing anything bad. So, um, it's, yeah. you know, and even putting reviews on, they I don't put reviews for people because they took them off because they may have been on my show. So that's that's just wrong. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know them. Know that you know they're not like my friends for fifty years, twenty years, whatever. But what I'm saying is, you can't get people to review your book. And if you are lucky enough to have them review it, and then if they're popular with you, they may take the review off. And yeah. that's a bad thing. So it's yeah. called K Book Promotions, K Book Promotions. dot com, and it's a and they promote the Kindle books, and you have to pay for it, though. But the reviews, they're good reviews. It's not, they don't give you, like, five stars. They don't do that. It, they give you a fair review, you know. Yeah. And, but, and they're legitimate. But, because a lot yeah. of times, you you're know, afraid to do things like that. Yeah, you know, the other thing about reviews is you've you got to have thick skin, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they're yeah. talking about your baby. Well, yeah. They're talking yeah, about your baby. Uh, and, and so, um, and I know NetGalley, they tend to post on, when they do a review, they'll post on Goodreads and they'll post on yeah. um, Amazon. And so, but but it is difficult. It, it's difficult. But it also feels really good when you get a really good review. Yeah, but you can't, but really, you can't worry about the bad ones, though, honestly. Because, you know, and actually I was reading something, and if people get a three-star, it's not a bad review. It really isn't. Right. You know, it's just... Right. You know, they can write something, but it's not a bad, it's not considered a bad review, you know. And But there are people out there that write reviews that are bad just for no reason at all. They don't even read the book. With children's books, it's a little different because it's easier to read a children's book. But when they pick up like an adult book or, you know, novel, novella, they'll pick it up, they'll read a couple pages, go, oh, I don't like this book, and and give them a bad review, which is not fair. In a kid's book, they rarely do that. You know they'll read it a little. You know they'll read it at least. But I, I you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say I have I've had people who give me constructive reviews, and I go back and I actually change the book because of their constructive right. review. Yeah. They help me actually improve the book with their comments yeah. and yeah. with their suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they, I mean, it can help. But you know, I had somebody on my show years ago, and uh, well, he wasn't talking about children's books, but it always stuck in my mind. He said. Once they give you a review, well, you're saying you're going back, but in a novel, a novel you're not going to go because if you change like a few sentences in a novel, you got to sometimes do the whole book because it might ruin everything because you know one thing changes, then the next, then the next, then the next. But he said you're not if you are upset about your views, don't read them because you're not going to rewrite the book because most people don't rewrite the book, so you have to like right. just forget about what they said and move on. And the more books yeah. you have, the better it is, you know. But um, so I don't had, know about We had a uh, pre, pre-release uh, reading um, uh-huh. where we got a bunch of my, my daughter's friends together and their family, and we actually read oh, it out good. loud. We read, we read through, like, I think it was seven chapters or something like that um, that night and then gave them, gave them copies of what we had for them to finish. And then we took their, their feedback. Um, and this was after, like, I'd say the the – first or second draft um, and then combined with the feedback that we got from our editor uh, rewrote, you know, this, this is our first book, the, the, the Blue Amber of Sumatra, the novel. Um, it, it, and it, it helped immensely to kind of get it through, run it through a, a group of people whose opinions we trusted um, yeah. and, and to get that outside objective, you know, feedback that didn't, just come from a stranger and feel like we were just getting stabbed for no reason, you know? Right. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, because sometimes, you know, people have beta readers. I don't really like beta readers, you know, because uh, when I'm done, the only person that sees the book is my editor. And I, have to, I trust, I mean, he's done for years, and then it goes out after he edits it. Because, you know, you really don't want everybody telling you how to write your book. Because I don't think that's so good because, you know, if you start changing it because this one says to change that or this one says this might be better, well, then maybe they need to write a book, not your book. <laughs> so you can't rewrite everything. Right. You, just, right. you, know. <laughs> so you have to be kind of confident that you like what you've written. You know, uh, I, I've noticed, I noticed that, um, Vincent, your book was, your Kindle was nine ninety five or nine ninety nine or something. So you placed it at a, a higher price than most. Why do, are you happy with that? I mean, because it's so unfortunate that people want like to spend ninety nine cents, two ninety nine, and they don't even want to spend that. They want a free book. So, what gave you that confidence to say, "Fine, I'm just doing this"? You know what? So, I, I think it was um, my first book. I know they did. We did it in in hardback, and then also Kindle. Um, and so I just kept with that same theme. I, I know yeah. that you know the book is quality. Um, it has you know it has a message. Um, I believe that kids will want to read it over and over again. And um, I think that that is what kind of gave me the confidence. Just put it yeah. just put it out there. Um, and I saw that I saw that you know that kids are responding because they're they want it and 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 they want it on the go, which is really really cool. Um, yeah. Whether they also wanted a hard copy. Yeah, it is, right, right. For children's books, right, the hard copy is a good thing. But it is, it is very strange yeah. how people don't want to spend any money on 
on books. You know, it's just, it's mind-boggling that they don't, you know, because, I mean, it does take, you know, all the authors that have been on my show, I mean, they're good authors, they write and they work hard at this, and then we end up having to do a free book or to do a lot of that, and I, I don't really, my books are, I think they're, too inexpensive, but I've just done it over the years that way. But if I'm, I would donate. I much prefer to donate the books than to give. Well, them I think most of a, lot of, a lot of it comes from um, you know the modern kind of Google and YouTube mindset, where there's all these content creators out there who are ad supported, and people don't understand that they make their money off of you watching their whole video and you know clicking on the ads or seeing the ads, yeah. um, and and they kind of conflate that with with books as well, since books are now digital. But we don't have that luxury, right? My my Kindle yeah. book isn't ad supported. Um, I, if I offer it free, it's just to try to help get my name out there. But yeah. in the end, like, I only get what you pay me, or a portion of what. Well, we're still published, so I get a portion of what you pay Amazon. Yeah. See, I think it's just I think it's very it's 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 very hard for people. You know, uh I'm big on audiobooks. It's very difficult with audiobooks for children, but I there is a site, it's called uh freeaudiobookcodes.com. And you can go on there and there's um it's not very expensive, but you put your books on there and you can use all the codes you get from Audible if you're on Audible. And it's it's a really good marketing tool. It works better hmm. than it, yeah, do you know about oh, wow. that? Uh, uh, Rich? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I just signed. I signed up for it, yeah. and it really is good. You know, um, because audio, actually I've been audio selling books. audiobooks. Yeah. And speaking but of it's got to be, for, yeah, it's got to be on which yours are on um, Amazon. You know, um, I have a new book. Mine is a, a novella, but I put it on Kindle Unlimited. I kept going, should I do it or should I not do it? And I thought, well, I'll just do it because this is the first one of the series. It's a really hard thing to market. I mean, I think by now you probably have all figured that out, right? How diff- I've been doing this 20 years. Yes. Or something. It's really hard, you know. And um, even if you have a marketing, I say in my next life I'll come back as a marketing person because honestly, you can pay, but that doesn't mean it's gonna you're gonna get sold books. That's the thing. That's right. You know. You know, it's yeah. hard. It's very difficult. But you still got to keep writing. That's, you know, one of the reasons which I always say at my shows. I want people to keep writing and not stop writing. Even if you do get a bad review, just move on and, and you know, keep yeah. writing. But people do stop writing because they got a bad review, you know. Uh, but I don't think they should stop. Just keep going, you know, and hopefully they'll get better because sometimes when you look at your older work, You'll go like, oh, it wasn't that, it wasn't that great, <laughs> and then you go, well, maybe you know I can do better, and you can do better if you keep going, but not yeah. if you stop, not if you stop. Well, Marsha, that's one thing that we when we have done um, presentations at schools and mm-hmm. whatnot, and because my husband's an illustrator as well, um, he loves showing kids his his sketchbook and how how far Joyce Dunbar has that's evolved great. since the beginning, yeah. Yeah. and showing them thing. like. Hey, if you don't like your pictures, that's, so that's cool. going. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's really cool. We yeah. always are like, wow. I, I always try to have them repeat the phrase, no judgment. I, I was like, because this is, I was like, if we're going to sit here and I'm going to show you artwork and I'm going to show you how to draw, and sometimes I'll, I'll have them, you know, when we were going into classrooms, I, I'd say, okay, let's let's draw joy. Um, and, and I'd say, but first, everybody repeat after me, no judgment, no judgment, you know, and we really push that in. Yeah. And I'd show them. 
this is some of my original sketches. This is this is uh, even just this this picture that we're going to do. Here's how we're going to go from really crazy, ugly, rough sketch to this final picture. You know, yeah. and anything you do can be like this. Anything you do, writing, you know, any kind of project, everything can start well, off. Well, I, I do think people too. think, so, you know, even adults think that you you sit down one day and you go, oh, I think I'm just going to write a book, and it just like comes out like perfect, you know. And it's not. You have to rewrite and rewrite. Yeah. Now, Vincent, this is new for you, so you haven't been out yet, but I'm sure you'll probably be going out when you can go to schools because I think it'll be great when you can go to schools. Yeah, so and that's what I'm I'm kind of working on really what that looks like. Yeah. Um so I've done a couple virtual authors visits. Um but so I'm really looking forward to I guess yeah. getting into some actual schools physically. Um and to prepare for that, I've actually in addition to my book, I've come up with a an interactive private page on my website. Um, so for anyone that, that buys the book, you can go on this website and um, it has about 10 activities that complement oh, the good. book. Um, and so that will be cool as I kind of get into schools and build that. We're almost thing. nearing toward the end, but I want you, okay, I wa- okay, John, do you want to say what you're doing next? Because I know you got to go, you guys. So I think you want to give me your website and tell everybody your next plan. So you could leave whenever, and then we're not done yet, but I just don't want you to miss that part. We. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, you can easily find us at joysunbear.com um, or, or uh, Amazon search. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um and, and even YouTube, we, we produce our own videos. Yeah, the YouTube, uh, yeah, that's good. Yes, I saw the YouTube, yes. So see, the that, those, are the things that, be, those are the things that people need to see. Those are good, yeah, to do things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're fun, and I enjoy them. And, and if, you know, if you go see them, you'll hear my daughter's voice on some of the voiceovers. Um, and, and it's, it, again, you know, it's like a little family project for us. So um, next up, we're going to continue, you know, pushing this COVID uh, uh, workbook. We want to get it into schools as a resource for parents and teachers because when kids go back to school, things are going to be, you know, challenging for them emotionally, and everybody needs to be as prepared as possible. Yeah, we've, already, yeah. we've actually had, like, uh, three different psychologists review it and say that it is definitely would be such a necessary tool to help teachers deal with the new anxiety and the adjustments they have to make for kids coming back to school and adjusting to you know, all the <clears throat> new way of life, the stressors. And so, um, honestly, that's, that's our challenge right now is trying to get our foot into schools um, because a lot of the schools we've approached have been public schools with a lot of red tape. And um, so, you know, we just we're, we keep trying to just make new connections and, and well, it's hard to get into that because of uh, Scholastic. So you know, which we, I could spend yeah. like two hours. I could spend two hours talking about that, but that that's the unfair part. So you know, Scholastic, yeah. and that's hard to get into yeah. the schools. Yeah, you know, yeah. but hopefully, but you but you are on. You you have something going on tomorrow, right? Something. Are you doing? I think I saw something of yours that you're doing, right? Are you doing some kind of special? Oh, well. Yeah, so we're doing a, a giveaway with Bicultural yeah. Mama. She's one of our biggest supporters. She gave us a great review for our first book, and um, we work together through a Multicultural uh, Kids and doing different um, blogs for diversity and, and teaching different cultures, and we support each other, and she was kind enough 
to, you know, we sent one for a little girl, and she's kind enough to set that up for us. So, yeah, we're going to be doing a giveaway. And other than that, just um, trying to send out letters to schools and continue getting um, this book out to help kids and families as much as possible. Yeah, I think I think this is what people are going to be have to do now. I think kids are going to need that, you know, and I think all good messages, you know. That's why on every, you know, everybody on the show today has messages, you know. And um, when I wrote my book, I didn't uh, five of them. I never really realized they were messages till people said they were messages, you know. I just yeah. wrote them because I I like them, but you know, yeah. and and then they say, oh yeah, they're a good message, you know, confidence, and you know, I I do like your story, Rich how you were saying the confidence for people, you know, be, for kids, you know, and adults need that too, you know, to feel if, it, it is true. If you walk with confidence, it's much better for you, you know, than you don't. And it's a, unfortunately a lot of people have lost confidence and this year has been very hard for adults too. So it's going to be, you know, tough going back. Like you're right. We're not going to go back. I think that you said this, uh, John, you said that we're not, it's not going to be easy, you know. There's going to be a lot of things that the kids will need support for, you know. Yeah. And I think well, people have to be there. Social situations again. I mean, we went and saw some family, uh, you know, out outside for a little while, and I was exhausted the next day. Um, and I consider myself an ambivert, so it, you know, just just having to yeah. flex those social muscles again, it's going to be challenging. Yeah. 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 Well, we're all in this. The truth is, we're all in this together. This is that's one of the things, you know. This year, that no matter what type of authors have been on the show, everybody's the same. You know, the people in Hollywood, the people, you know, working and all over. I mean, we all went through this, so it's not like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much money someone had or whatever. They were everybody's going. To, well, it does matter how much money you have because you know if you can't afford food, which that was a terrible thing for people, and it's still going on. You know, but, you know, all of us have this one thing in common now, this COVID that we've all been through. And those that have survived should feel happy that they have survived because out of all, that was one of the things. Nobody knew if they're going to survive. And so that's one of the things. Yeah, that's one thing that we practiced with our daughter was definitely gratitude and just every day, like, we're alive, we're together, we have food, we have, a you know, and that's right. And in our book, we have a gratitude jar where kids can make a little jar and write down all the things they're grateful for and then go back and get to read it. And I think that, that they've done studies to show that practicing gratitude actually helps your physical health. So really, yeah. it's, it's helping you on yeah. so many levels. And yeah. it's just, it, life is so short. Why not? Like, we have so many blessings despite all that's happened. Like, it's just, we've learned so much, I feel like. And yeah. and. To be here and to be able to write these books and, and to help people is a gift. I'm really grateful for that. And thank you so much yeah. for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Vincent thank you. To, uh, the rest of you, don't Rich, don't leave and Vincent, don't leave yet. Okay. <laughs> all right. So all right. thank you both for coming on. All right. And good luck on your phone call. And keep going. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. You so so much. nice to meet you all. Take care of yourselves. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Be great and okay. be well. Thank you. thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Vincent, so what's next for you? So, um, of course, there are more <laughs> books. I've probably written, I think, other books. Oh, good. Um, I'm really excited about that. So I think my, I start working on my my next one, uh, the illustrations, in August. So that's going to be really, really cool. Um, so more books, more school visits, um, and really just more marketing. All right. 
Yeah, marketing. I know this. This is the thing. You know, I mean, you know, this is one of the stopped. things we can't forget. That's hard. And you know, Rich, what's I? I mean, you must have ten in the works, probably, right? At least. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I was more more like seven. But I'm okay, always got thinking about different books, and I have a waiting list of books, and I pick the one that, that I get excited, more excited about, and save the other one, and try to get excited about them. Um, yeah. Vincent, I, I wanted to let you know that um, audio books. Uh, I have had students in my classroom that hated to read a book. It didn't matter if it was uh, an e-book or a paperback; they hated to read, and I learned early to bring, I used to bring in cassette tapes of stories and they would get all excited about reading and tell me everything about that book that they listened to on an audio tape. And I said to them, do you play a musical instrument? Oh yeah. Are you in chorus? Oh yeah. Well, you're an auditory learner. What's that mean? It means yeah. that you learn by listening and you have to read your books out loud. What? Yes. Read your books out yeah. loud or listen to books on tape. And I would tell the parents, if you, can, if you can afford it, buy your children books on tape. And then all of a sudden we came out with the, um, the audio uh, Kindle, um, I mean the Audible with Audible, and they do a fantastic job. I have Audible a, a, a does a great job. Yeah. Yes, and what they I do. recommend, Vincent, is going to acx.com. It's free. If you mm-hmm. are careful, you can have 20 narrators audition for your book. And I've gone really? to many different narrators, and yeah. my wife and I will have sit you, down. Have you gone speak. on ACX? Have you gone on ACX? No, I've never been on that. I've never heard oh, of it. Oh, no. Oh, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. See, it's I know. See, I, right. Change. It's really good. But you but, but, but yeah, you you split you split your royalty with the narrator. And so yeah. it didn't cost yeah. you anything. Now, some narrators want a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or or quite a bit of money, or some want only fifty dollars. Um but I have learned to just split my royalties because that in a classroom of about yeah. thirty students, I only have about two or three that are audible and, and hate reading a book. And so I I get the cassette tape for them, or I get the um, audible books for them that are for children. I I make more money with my um, with my paperbacks and my e-books than I do my audible books, but I don't do the audible books for the money. I do them because yeah. there are those children that learn that way, and I have found some narrators that will put in music, transition music. They will put in background music. They will put in sound effects. I've got one narrator, Scotty O.J. He is top-notch. I mean, whatever book I give him, my wife and I just go, he's the best. He's the best of the best. And so what you can do is once you find narrators that you really like, you can request a particular narrator, and they will say yes or no. And uh, Scotty Or just put your book out. You know, like with a children's book, if you put your book out, if you, once your book is on Amazon, if you go into ACX and then – uh, you put your book in and you fill out all the information and if you decide you're going to do a 50-50, okay, then then they put the book out and then you get narrators auditioning automatically and then you pick who you want and it's and you never have to, and Amazon takes Amazon owns it. So 
they split you don't it's it's not like you're sharing you're you know you're giving them money no amazon takes care of it all and wow. what you want to do is you want to have exclusive um you want it to be to an the exclusive world. book because, yeah. and to the world. One, the reason you want exclusive is you get more exposure. Whereas if you're non-exclusive, yeah. then you're, you, have to, you can do a cassette uh, and sell a cassette, but very few people buy cas- uh, cassettes or a CD. Very few people are going to buy those. So you want to do um, exclusive so that you're on uh, Audible is Audible Books and Amazon and um, all, all the audio companies. Yeah, I, I think it's you know I think it's a great way. And you know also so Vincent, if you need any help, just I gave you you have my cell phone, so you can just call me at any time. So if you need okay. any information on that, because I think you know that's the thing. You know, for people that are listening, you know there are ways to do things for the you know for people. If you don't know an answer, just you know. Either email me or I'll be happy to, you know, and at all my shows, when I, certainly when I have children's authors on, we always talk about these things because people don't, you know, we're not born knowing how to do this. So, you know, yeah. and I try to tell people to ask me before they do something that might not be a good idea for them. You know, and I, the thing, the only thing I say about ACX, which, I decided because you have to, you do have to sign a contract with them for seven years, and I'm not big on contracts. I was, you know, WGA agent, and I don't love signing contracts. However, if Amazon goes out of business, then we're all in trouble. So I just I did it, you know, and one of them has been out yeah, for already yeah. five years, you know. So I think it's a good thing, and I think you know, uh, your message is important. And I do think for Thank children's you. books, subtle messages, and so they because there are parents out there that don't actually give their parent that give their kids good messages, you know. So right. you know, it's good when there are books out there that do it for them. That's and they right. need to hear yeah. this, you know, and they really yeah. do need yeah. to hear this. It's very after a year yeah. like this. Oh, people need a lot. <laughs> they need a lot, yeah. you know, for their kids to learn. You know, and as I said before, they do hear everything we do. So, you know, on that note, so is there a web? Well, I know there is, but okay. So do you want to give your website, um, Vincent? Sure. Yep. So my website is www.vincentmkelly.com. And if you go to my website, now this is probably the easiest way to to get in touch with me on all the other platforms because you'll see all my handles there. Instagram, yeah. and Twitter, the, Facebook, and YouTube. Right. And the, right. And there's also on Amazon, you can see the little video on Amazon. You can see the little video. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's on, it's on Amazon. It's also on my the front page of my, my book. It's also on like the book advertisement page on the website. So it's everywhere. Well, so you got it covered. You got it covered. You're doing good there. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, listen, you know, I I mean, this is not, like I said before, this is not easy. All right, (laughs) Rich, Um, also tell me about the Facebook, tell your Facebook page, too, for children's authors. Oh, okay. Also that one. Um, Yeah, it's it's, uh, children's book and, and reviews. Children book and reviews uh, on on Google. I mean, on Facebook. But also, anybody can email me anytime at teachers with an S ask A S K teachers ask at yahoo dot com. 
for information. I I help a lot of beginners uh, and get over that initial hump and that steep learning curve, and um, and got them on their way. I don't charge, and uh, that's the same for audio books as well as e-books and paperbacks. Uh, I think I found that that writers share so much with each other. They, they, yeah, they do. They are very willing to share. They, That's one so of the good things. Matter, like yeah. Said, yeah. You know, the very good thing about writers. Um, and, yes, it is. And, uh, also, and also, you know, just keep in touch with me. You could be on the show. And Rich, I, I always call Rich on because he's really very calming and he's really good. And he's been on a lot of shows because you've been there, done that. And I think, you know, new authors need to cure you because um, – I think you've helped a lot of people, Rich, from the time you've been doing this. And that's the main reason I teach. I don't, you don't, teachers that I know that love teaching, they don't do it for the money. And they do it because they care about uh, children, about children yeah. learning, about, about children's social development as well as their academic development. Um, they, teachers that I know that care about children, they don't do it for the money. Which is why Magic Beans is so good for independent authors, and you know it really is. I mean, they've they've helped a lot of people, so that's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there are yeah. places out there. So, and you know, and I actually now I have a new Marsha uh, Kids Books dot com because I took them off of my other because I do other books. So this way, this is just the children's, and so it's been a pleasure having you guys on. And so anytime, just let me know. And everybody have a good night, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Marcia. Good meeting Great to meet you, you Rich. Bye. All right, nice meeting you. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.